0: Well, welcome to the show.
1: This This is Our our View from from the bench. Bench.
0: Well, welcome to the show. I'm Brendan, carpool driver for the chess team. And I'm Corey, scorekeeper for the local Little League baseball team, and happy Friday. Happy Friday, my friend. We made it. Whew. Well, I made it. Yeah, you made you it. You got a couple of days left. <laughs> but, uh, but I made it. Yeah, how was your week,
1: man? <clears throat> it was good. I actually went by pretty quickly. I don't know why. I don't know if it's just kind of football, and this podcast is kind of keeping me busy and focused on sports so much. It kind of just moves on by, but uh, I'll take it, whatever it is. It so <laughs> was actually a pretty chill day at work, too, so nice. Nice Friday. Can't complain. Heck yeah, how are you? Nice.
0: Good. Uh, yeah, I had two days off already this week because I got to work both weekend days. So, uh, But that was all like you know laundry and chores around the house and grocery stores. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of fun stuff. But uh, GTL. Yeah, exactly. But other than that, uh, B and I hung out a couple nights and chilled. And then, uh, yeah, just working and getting ready for the weekend.
1: Was that this week you guys had that breakfast for dinner?
0: Yeah, the other night we had the stuffed French toast. I think yeah, I saw that Tuesday. picture, bro. That French toast looked good. <laughs> yeah, banana, good. Nutella, and, <clears> strawberry. <throat> <laughs> and strawberry. It was really, really good
1: fire that sounds good well someone who actually wasn't doing very good is Dan Jones yet again I know you told him to get off your bench or get to the bench I'm sorry get back to the bench but
0: farther down he
1: uh yeah apparently he needs to move a little bit further down I mean they did play the Niners so it's not like they showed up like that against a, a low level team this is a, a super bowl contender so but still it was uh pretty miserable uh not not from, from beginning to end it wasn't as bad as the cowboy game no but wow I mean, it, it ended almost you know not as bad but it, it was bad it yeah was bad. it was it was so. not
0: a good game i i didn't check Did in until i didn't check until nope. about halftime when i got uh home was able to turn it on and saw i think it was 17-6 at half and then I know they scored, and uh, the Giants scored in the third to make it 12 and then missed the two-point conversion. So, But after that, I <laughs> feel like that kind of woke Frisco up, and they just took care of business after that, which, Debo Samuel, thank you for fantasy points. Um, uh, yeah, I did. But, yeah, Daniel Jones, man, wow. They just – they had 150 yards in the game, like not just for like the first half or in a half, like 150 for the whole game on offense, like – I don't know how you're expected to win a game or do anything if you're only getting 150 yards in four quarters. I can't imagine. I know. I know it's the Niners defense, but and no Saquon, no left tackle, and it's a Thursday quick turnaround. There's always excuses at this point for everybody, but still, like it just ah, they just they're so bad, and I feel bad because now they've gave Dale Jones that five year deal last off season, and now that was basically- the dumbest thing they did. Totally screwed their whole... I holes. mean, I know, Saquon, I know yeah.
1: Saquon gets hurt and stuff. Obviously, he's hurt again, but he's the better player. You know, that's the guy you should give the money to, I get. I don't know. That's It is what it is. Giants Giants uh, made their bed, and they didn't need to lay in it. Yep. So Daniel Jones had 150 yards. And as we can see on the screen here, Debo Samuel had 130 himself.
0: No, no. Uh, Daniel Jones didn't have 150. The team oh, had 150. Oh, the whole team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So see? continue.
1: Sorry. <laughs> <clears throat> Even worse. Dang. And they only got the well, the one touchdown, too, just yeah. like Debo. So Debo, it was Debo versus the Giants yesterday. Yes, absolutely. And Debo is arguably not even maybe their best player. He's great, though. So, hey, just like you said, you, you picked him up for uh, for fantasy. People said, I don't know about Debo. Here he is, man. Still doing work. Heck yeah. As you can see, though, from the other side, it was horrible. I saw a handful of parlays, actually, last night, where it was just every Giants skill player under, <laughs> and they all hit. Basically, it was just a cash-in. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know what they're—you know what's happening. You're playing the Niners in Frisco. They're going to be prepared. They're a way better team, and they showed
0: it. And again, no Saquon Barkley, no starting left tackle, just falling apart in front of our eyes, and no chance against that Niner defense for sure.
1: They moved to one and two, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Niners
1: they're... are three and zero. They've won all three. Yep. I'm assuming, yeah, yeah. Beat the Steelers, beat the Rams, yeah. Now beat the Giants. One. Pretty good, good for them. It's going to be hard for us to catch up, but that's okay. I don't want to catch up. (laughs) trying to get Caleb, or I guess shoot, even Shador now.
0: Yeah. I mean, Caleb doesn't sound like he wants to go there, so (laughs) you might not have a choice on that.
1: Yeah, it is what it is. (laughs) Moving the rest of week three, though. We got one game, of course. We got a taste of – that's what I love about football. They just decide to stagger all these juicy games throughout the week, and that's what makes it awesome. So it's Friday, but we already got a taste of week three. We're still diving into the rest of week three. Sticking with the NFL, but coming with the rest of week three, we have a couple games that we wanted to highlight. You can obviously check out uh, schedules and stuff online. So we have a couple games that we want to highlight. The first of them being this – Possible probable shootout. This actually has the highest over under this weekend. The Chargers in Minnesota taking on the 0 and 2 Chargers taking on the 0 and 2 Vikings. Oh. Two teams that most people probably didn't see starting 0-2. Uh yet here they are. What's going down? You think this is going to be crazy?
0: I think it's going to be a shootout because both defenses haven't done anything in the first two weeks, which is crazy for the Chargers because they're supposed to have all these big names and guys on the defensive side of the ball, but they just haven't been good. I know that highlight reel that I think I sent you, that video, where Khalil Mack got stuck on a wide receiver. He's like, yo, I'm not supposed to be out here. And then he got beat for a drive. He's like, yeah, this isn't my job. It's embarrassing. And that was week one. So it's only going to get worse if they can't even start off right. Um, so I'm worried. Hey, for-
1: Max, not even a guy to make excuses. Like he's not like, come on, that was your guy. That's not what he's doing. He's no. just like, bro, I can't cover Tyreek Hill. Yeah. What do you want from me, man? Yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. So I just, the, if the defenses are as bad as we have seen the last two weeks from both of these teams, it's going to be high scoring probably like 35, 34. Like it can be one of those games where it's close and it's, but if it comes down to one point games, both of these teams have lost one possession games already in the first two weeks. So, you would think it's going to come down to it, and it's a matter of who breaks first because one of these teams has to leave with a win, although they could tie, which would make it a lot more fun and interesting imagine, to talk about. Dude, <laughs> Imagine
1: they both leave 0-2-1. Oh, my gosh. That would be hilarious.
0: I, I mean, it would be totally a Charger thing to happen, so don't count it out.
1: Well, the spread for the game is Minnesota by 1.5, so okay. they do think it's going to be close. So you to go. your point, I guess technically a tie is maybe not probable, but... Definitely possible, obviously. Yeah,
0: and obviously the team that goes 0-3, you're looking at a really, really hard climb back up to make it into a playoff chase, because I think we talked about it and looked it up. It's only been six teams since 1979 that have made the playoffs after an 0-3 start. Last was the Houston Texans in 2018, and when we looked it up, that was the year... After the Jags had their really, really good run with Bortles and that great defense and then fell apart the next year, the Titans were terrible. The Colts had already lost Andrew Luck, so basically they won a division that was up for grabs for them because of everybody else being so bad.
1: It was like the NFC South of last year. Yeah. was the AFC South of that year. Correct. Where Brady takes it, or was it last year or two years ago, whatever, Brady took it 7-9? to nine? Yeah, that was last year, right? Yeah, he I think so. Retired? So I, I see that. I see that. Well, we both have the Vikings. We both think they they take it at home. I think the thing that we both settled on was, we we believe the Chargers might charge. Yeah, they're going to keep it close, but they're going to find a way. And again, Vikings were eleven and one last year, in one score games. They're already zero and two. So I don't think that they want to make that zero and three. They're a better team than that. Yep. And I think that's what they uh, take care of on Sunday.
0: And to go with that one possession game thing, I think if I remember right, the Chargers were seven and five in one possession games last season, and this year they're so off they're to an a zero to. and two starts as well. So again, something's got to break. One of them have to win this game, or do we come back Friday or Monday talking about a tie?
1: If you called it here, man, <laughs> we should, you should have put money on it. That'd be crazy. We got more games though. This one's not necessarily one you might think of, but there's a lot of other implications throughout the NFL that you might Mm. see depending on the outcome of this game.
0: Yeah, big time. I mean, just look at it alone. Patriots are in New York. Yeah, just look at it alone for the Patriots side. Like, does Bill Belichick go 0-3 to start the year for real?
1: I think so. Actually, we both think so. Yeah, we do. (laughs) <laughs> this is going to be a battle of two really good defenses. The Patriots, regardless of what you might want to say about Bill Belichick as a coach, especially in 2023, one thing that he still definitely knows is defense. Yep, He keeps his teams in it by defense. They may not win, but they're always in it, mostly in it. The Jets also have a great defense. This is basically the battle of two good defenses and two completely inept offenses. Well, especially with Zach Wilson instead of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, so for
0: sure. That's a huge difference.
1: The Jets have an excuse, at least, because A-Rod's out, but Bill has been struggling to find any sort of offense without Tom Brady. So I, I don't know. I think an 0-3 start is not great. I'm curious how much any of his previous accomplishments kind of save him, or if he gets to decide, you know, I don't know what that agreement is between him and Robert Kraft, Yeah, if he gets to decide when to walk off to the sunset.
0: Yeah, and what and you see with this game? If, well, I definitely see, like we talked about, the Jets winning this, but I think it's more of a defensive battle like you talked about. And at the end of the day, it's a matter of who makes more mistakes, Mac Jones or Zach Wilson. And for some reason, I feel like it's Mac Jones because even though Zach Wilson's not great, the fact that he had Rodgers in the in the locker room and in the quarterback room during training camp and learning from him, you can tell he has a little more confidence out there than he did last year. And I feel like the team feels that as well. So he just has to not do anything dumb or stupid. Or you know, maybe when Garrett Wilson comes and talks to him, they'll score a touchdown like they have the first two weeks after they have a conversation. Do. And uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But I think the Jets will ultimately <clears> win based on the defensive side. But as far as the Belichick part goes, like you talked about, if they go 0-3, at the end of this year... If they're, like, not one, a playoff team in the next couple weeks, if they go over four or one and five through six games, do they have to start trading off what they have that's worth of anything? And then also, does Belichick think, like, I mean, I'm, he's 71. How much more do you need to accomplish? And the, the longer you coach and the worse you your team plays and your record goes down, the more and more the, com, the Tom Brady-Belichick conversation becomes louder and louder. So why not... Just hang it up now and let the conversation be as it is and not let it continue to grow.
1: I mean, I don't know if he cares about that, but I agree. From a media standpoint or from like a fan standpoint, it only builds Tom's resume more to do that. I I think that he should just kind of give it up, but I don't know. Like if you looked at him, if you only had to make a decision about whether or not Bill Belichick wanted to keep coaching, based on his interviews – you would think that he should have quit coaching about 35 years yeah, ago because see- it seems like he freaking hates football. Yeah, he's he not hates talking most. to people. He doesn't want to be <laughs> there. So you think that – so I don't really know what's true. Like how much does it does it keep him alive kind of thing? You know how I feel like that's with true. older – I mean he's 71 is not too crazy old. But sometimes with those older, older coaches, that's like what keeps them going. You know, is is that what keeps Belichick going?
0: Maybe. I mean Popovich is the same way. He signed a five year extension. He's not going where he's over I think he's seventy, right? Or around around seventy. So it's the I same concept. But also, okay, let let's like Let's be honest here. If they're that old, right? Like, I heard, I think Belichick and his girlfriend just broke up. Maybe this is his way to distract himself from that also. He doesn't want to think about it. I know, unfortunately, it's, it's terrible, and Popovich's wife passed away, I think, a year ago. But is it something where if he retires and goes home, is he going to enjoy that because he doesn't have her there? So maybe coaching kind of keeps him, like you said, keeps him moving and keeps him at least feeling good for most days because I'm sure there's days, all of them have terrible days. We're all human. So, but, yeah. That's gotta be part of the thinking too, I guess.
1: That's a valid point. I guess I never thought about it from but yeah, to the, to, I guess that's I guess that is kind of what I'm saying. You're adding to what I'm saying in the sense that like it's what keeps them going. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's him.
0: Yeah, I don't know. We you shall see.
1: <laughs> but we both think that he does start 0 three. We're giving it we're giving the nod to the Jets. They're at home. And again, I think I think Aaron was able to help Zach yep. level up at least a little bit.
0: Yeah, and if the Patriots go 0-3, if, they're definitely not making the playoffs because we just talked about how only six teams have done it in since 1979. They don't have the talent to do it. And they're that. in the AFC. We're talking about the AFC. It is stacked. There is so Tough. many good teams in the AFC. Yeah. Yeah, they
1: don't have the quarterback talent. Can you imagine if Tom just kind of like heads back to New England and starts like coaching up like Mac Jones? Oh, my imagine? gosh.
0: Feel like he, uh, he if he was gonna help. do it, he would have already done it.
1: <laughs> yeah, he needs a year off, all right? Yeah, he does. He does <clears throat> have some fun in life, man. Exactly. Well, he's making commercials with Julian Edelman talking about <laughs> on retiring with uh, you know the one with uh, Dan Marino. Oh, and yeah, <laughs> sounds funny. That's a good one. The third one that we wanted to talk about this week is actually Monday night's game. Uh, one of the, I think there's two. Monday yeah, night there's games. two. So one of the Monday night games, Philly in Tampa. This one's actually interesting. You wouldn't think so at the beginning of the season, especially thinking that Tampa was going to be towards the bottom of the standings. Yeah. But they've actually started 2-0, and one of the teams that they beat was the Bears. So take that as you will. Mm-hmm. But the first one that they did was they went to Minnesota and took a dub over the Vikings. So they're a little bit better maybe than we than we might think, but it is the defending NFC champs coming to town.
0: Yeah. How absolutely. do you see
1: this one playing out?
0: Eagles are going to end up winning this uh, ultimately just because the quarterback play on Eagles is much better, I feel like, than uh, Tampa Bay. It's no slight against Baker; it's, He's had a great first two weeks, but he's also had spurts like this before where he's had a couple three or four games that are pretty decent or good. And then he tends to have a bad one here and there. And I believe if I remember correctly, after the first right. week when they won in Minnesota, he talked about he like knew the signals that the defense was using, which was part of the reason they were able to win. And I feel oh. like the Eagles are much, much more buttoned up on the defensive Oof. side and a much, much better defense than he's faced so far. So Much
1: better than Bears, too. Bears are garbage,
0: bro. Yes, well, their whole team is terrible. Um, but, yeah, so this is like a legit team that he's got to face. And I think that they'll still play well and be in it, but I think ultimately Philly and that defense will shut him down in the second half and probably win. Well, hopefully they cover the spread, right? Um, but I would think they win by maybe 7 or 10 points.
1: I think the Eagles put the hurt oh going that bad on huh? the Bucks. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying I think that they I don't know if they easily win or they or they blow them out per se, but I think that they kind of cruise as in they control the tempo of the game. They may not again, I don't know if they're going all out, but I think they definitely cover I think we put the spread in at five and a half. Hmm. So we just need a touchdown W. Right? I think they win by fourteen or so. Ooh, the question, one. obviously, though, is: Are the Bucks legit contenders, or are they simply pretenders?
0: Yeah, no, they're pretenders. Shall, I think we shall In find out, out more on Monday. I think so too. Although, I mean, I was kind of rooting for Baker. Why not, man? Come on. You know what, though, now that I think about it, the NFC South is very strange. You know, a lot of a lot. It's a lot of worst to first and third to first. like. It's just a really weird division and seems to be just jumbling all the time. So, you know. New Orleans is 2-0, Atlanta's 2-0, they're 2-0. Somebody's got to lose some games eventually, and and but they're battling for that division. Who would have thought three NFC South teams would be 2-0 going into this?
1: Not me. <laughs> because I had this being, like, not a runaway per se, but definitely, like, an easier game than um, – or, I'm sorry, easier division than I would have initially thought. Because, I, like I said, we pretty much had it quickly going to – the Saints. Yeah, we just thought they're the best overall team, and they're adding Derek Carr, who's a serviceable quarterback. While the rest of the division seems to be kind of grabbing at straws, and it turns out they just keep winning. Maybe Desmond Ritter's better than we think, or maybe they're just getting lucky.
0: Can you imagine one by one. if the Buccaneers and Baker Mayfield plays all seventeen games have a yeah. better record than the Cleveland Browns with Deshaun Watson playing all seventeen games? How bad the Browns fans are gonna be?
1: Well, the the best part is, is it's not like the Browns can blame it on anything else either, because like you could say, like yeah, but the Browns don't have X Y. Now, granted, they lost Nick Chubb, so yes. that sucks. But they have plenty of backup running backs. I feel like is a little different now. Granted, Nick Chubb is hard to replace. That yeah, mean, yeah. Please, bro, heal, heal soon, dude. I hope you heal fully too. So good. So yeah, so bad. So bad. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I sent that picture to you. I no, know, it's it was, all good, yeah, man. I, I was just like, like, whoa. <laughs> Right, uh, but yeah, I just think um, I think that they they don't have any other excuses. They have a good defense, arguably one of the better defenses as far as like at least talent wise goes. Yeah, for sure. The names there are are pretty insane. You have the defensive player of the year, hopefully coming out of there. We it's not the I mean, Micah looks freaking insane so yeah. far, but it's a long season ahead of us. Yep, absolutely. So, it's pretty weird. It's pretty weird that they that they do
0: that. But I'm just saying never know it'd be crazy if that's what happens if the bucks get a better record than the Browns we're coming back and talking about this I think that well Thank they're
1: them. one and one so far bucks
0: are two and0 oh. even if they lose and the and Browns win two and one each and we're going
1: they did unfortunately even though they went seven and nine last year they do have a first place schedule so I don't know how much that goes against them here a little bit here or there
0: true but, but I don't know. Browns are playing in the AFC North. That's much harder than the NFC South. Suppose you know to at least. I mean, they stole one. Us.
1: They stole a quick one uh, from Minnesota from the Bengals. In no, Min- from the Bengals. Oh yeah, yeah,
0: you're talking about Baltimore. Yeah.
1: No, the the Browns they won week one.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. They were that's when Burrow re-injured himself and it all went downhill from there for the Bengals.
1: Yeah, and then and then again the Bengals lost last week to the freaking Ravens. So, yeah, they're not doing good. They're 0 and two in division. 0 and two overall. It's not looking good for that. And I don't know who picked them to win the division, but (laughs) maybe it it was me. Maybe it was me. I'm not quite (laughs) sure. Well, we definitely want to show at least a little bit uh, rest of the games. We wanted to talk about those because we felt like they had some more importance. I mean, they're all important. There's only 17 games that they play, so they're all important. But sometimes the little matchups are a little bit better than others. We can't sit here and. Maybe we could, I guess, but we can't sit here all day and just talk about all these games. So, picked a couple, but moving on to the rest of the NFL, we're going to talk about the rest of the picks that we have by going to our new segment, King of Sprints. This is where I think I might be able to catch up. I think I only caught up a little bit, actually.
0: Yeah, I did got... not have a good week, I can tell you that.
1: Yes, I didn't have a great week either, but I had a little bit better week than you. You were three up on me after week one. And I've caught up by one so far. I got one more right than you did. I think the one that I picked was the Dallas game. Yeah, you said that New York was going to cover, and I said negative Dallas is going to go ahead and take that nine.
0: Yeah, and, uh, I, thought, anyway. uh, I thought maybe the Jets' defense would show up and play well and maybe hold the Cowboys like a semi-decent score and at least give the offense an opportunity to like get with it maybe a touchdown and kind of hang into it but not win. But that is not what happened. No, we talked about it a little bit on the other episode,
1: but it was just the amount of time that they had out there. There was 101 defensive plays for the Jets alone, and I believe the time of possession was roughly 45 minutes for the Cowboys offense. There's only so much you can do. You know what I mean? Zach Wilson couldn't move the ball to save his life. He did, of course, connect. As soon as he gets yelled at by Garrett Wilson, he does – Obviously, throw a touchdown to him, so that happened just like it did before. I was so. say that's
0: weird. They should keep doing that.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. He should just get irritated. Well, honestly, I don't even feel like it's planned because he's just that irritated. Yeah, true. Garrett Wilson is a winner. He wants to win. I believe he went to the uh, to Ohio State. So that makes sense. He's constantly, All they do is win. They don't. They don't lose games. Any game is, and so it's probably in him to just keep going. Eh, it's not happening right now. So I think Zach might not ever get there. To be honest with you,
0: nope. He might not. It's probably too bad for the Jets, too.
1: Yeah, too bad for him. Too bad for the Jets. But (laughs) too bad for anything. We're moving on. These are the picks for the next week. We've got the first game already in the bag. We've both picked the Niners. And we got that one right. That was an 18-point win, only 10-point spread. So looking good so far there. But we do, when I'm looking at it here, no, are we –
0: <laughs> I don't think we have anything different. <laughs> it's a matter of the spreads being covered and us keeping ground. Boo! All right. <laughs> well,
1: I guess we shall see. The crazy we'll thing check. is,
0: is we don't do these picks even together or at the same time. No. Like, I did them yesterday, no. and you did them today. So yes, it's just that's how we. That's how the game looks.
1: That's how it is. We have a new updated sp- standings. Uh, still behind, but again, only two games behind.
0: Still right there. It's very Went seven early. and eight.
1: Yep, yep. So we're we're getting there. But this is kind of a fun segment. I'm not. I'm getting a little bit better. I think week one I was just like click 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 <laughs> click, and then I'm trying to think. I technically got the same amount right, so I guess I didn't improve. But I'm trying to take my time and like really think about it. I guess I'm not as good at spreads as I thought.
0: Well, it's a good thing this so, thing that we're doing on spreads is not us actually spending money on it, so it's okay. That's just the five on it segment, not King of Spreads. Yeah, very true. Luckily, that's
1: only five bucks, too. So. Yeah, true.
0: I got five on me. it.
1: a good segment, man. <laughs> I'm just saying. Sticking with football, but we're going to take it down a rink. I don't know. That sounds rude, but... <laughs> college football. Actually, a pretty big college football weekend. And no, we're not just talking about Colorado. Are we talking about Colorado? Well, of course, we're talking about Colorado. But are we just talking about Colorado? No, we're going to talk about other week. teams, finally, this time. So, we got... A couple big games, actually, because a bunch of ranked teams are playing each other. So yeah, a this lot. being the first one, this being the first one, uh, number six Ohio State at number nine Notre Dame. What you thinking?
0: Well, we definitely like Notre Dame, but uh, I love LeBron. I feel bad that I have to go against him. I know he's rooting for Ohio State. <laughs> it
1: definitely is. Well, I'm chosen. I honestly, and this is no offense to LeBron. LeBron, much love. But not a real big Ohio State fan. That's I mean, right.
0: I like you, as so, my uh, brother-in-law would say, like the team from the north.
1: You're talking about Go Blue Michigan? Yeah,
0: they don't say that name in uh, Ohio. That's right. <laughs> so when well, you, if you're around Kevin, do not say – even Melanie, who's not a football fan, has known now to say, oh, yeah, the team from the north. She lives in Ohio. She doesn't say that name anymore.
1: <laughs> okay, well. Either way, that's who I'm <laughs> siding with. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm going with not not this game particularly, but I'm just saying in general, uh, fighting Irish this time. Over unders fifty five and a half, which we think is pretty for the high flying Ohio State offense. It seems pretty low. I feel like each of these teams is scoring thirty easy.
0: Yeah, I agree. And Ohio State, I think, didn't even play that well against I think Indiana, maybe in week two or three, where they kind of struggled and were they ultimately won, obviously, but they struggled in the first half to even kind of get any separation so i feel like notre dame one is at home so that's a huge advantage and they haven't played a lot of great hard good teams either i guess they started with navy and they beat them big in ireland and they've beaten big on some other teams but i feel like the over under like you said is way low because both these teams have been scoring a ton and their defenses are okay but i don't think they're stellar so i would imagine that this is going to be an over for sure
1: to be honest with you i haven't been watching i have to be transparent here i've pretty much been stuck on the pac 12 because all of a sudden they decide to be good when the freaking thing is over <laughs> and obviously colorado is super intriguing too but uh, i haven't mentioned outside much of that this is obviously very interesting to top 10 not even just top 25 matchups to top 10 matchups yeah notre dame obviously gets to play whoever they want so should be interesting to see i wouldn't say it's obviously a rival game but i guess maybe notre dame just becomes rivals with a bunch of different people yeah and like when they play sc they're like that too yeah
0: but also you got to think too this is probably a bigger game for Notre Dame because they're not in a conference. There's no conference title game to make up for a loss this early or to a big team later in a conference title game <laughs> and kind of get that extra yeah, win true. to build your resume. So, you know, Ohio State's in the Big Ten. They'll have that opportunity since this is a non-conference game. But if you're Notre Dame, you have to get you have to go undefeated if you want to have a chance to get in that top four in the college football playoff, right?
1: 100%. And, and beating a team like a number six, Ohio State, even at home, if you could beat them by 10, well, you got a solid touchdown would be yeah. fine. Then, then then that just adds to your resume. I don't know how many other ranked teams they have on their schedule. They obviously make their schedule as they please. To your point, they're not necessarily in a conference, so they don't have a set number of teams that they're supposed to play each year. But they do, they do try to make it to where they have the W's to stack the wins, but they also are playing tough opponents. So this will be good for both of their resumes.
0: We shall yeah, see. Absolutely. Which, I mean, we're looking at resumes. We know who we want to talk about right now. We want to talk about Colorado in primetime. This is going to be a huge game. It's a conference game. They're both ranked Colorado at Oregon. This is going to be a shootout, right?
1: Yes, but I don't know how much one side's going to be shooting. I have a feeling, as you get for the YouTube watchers, by the way, if you're listening on Spotify, go check us out on YouTube. You can see the stuff that we make. You can see our lovely faces. Just search our view from the bench. But as you can see from the screen, we're both siding with Oregon. The over under on this is insane 70 and a half points. And I just am seeing. A, a dub they're favored by twenty one and a half that's Are the part covering?
0: that's the part that gets me like the over under being seventy and a half isn't too crazy because both teams have obviously Oregon scores a ton especially at home but Colorado has scored 35 or more in every game so far the season so if they both score their normal amount of points 70 and a half is nothing but the if that in the fact that it's a twenty one and a half point spread on top of that that means if it's seventy and a half Oregon's gonna have to score like 60 points. Just to that's like, what I'm saying. How do they how do they win by
1: 21, but also cover by 70? That they basically have. There's no like even split. of that's that's crazy.
0: It's going to be a, a shootout. Hopefully, Shadour Sanders uh, can show up and have a, a much better game, at least in the first half. Because last week they struggled, which is why they didn't score very much in the first half. But if they can come out and hang with Oregon and make it a high scoring game back and forth, even if they lose, I think if you can hang and lose by 10 or less in Oregon. That's not that bad. That that definitely will drop you in the standings, but it could be one of those resume builders later where if Oregon ends up ultimately winning the Pac-12 and you were the only team that hung with them in Oregon, it kind of helps your resume.
1: True. A loss probably doesn't put you in the college football playoffs, but it definitely puts you in a nice bowl game. Exactly. Which is something to say for when a one-win team last year all the way to a... Again, maybe not college football playoff, but a prominent – well, they can still. They're undefeated, so I'm not counting them out yet. I'm just saying if they were to lose, most likely not getting in a top four. But getting to a prominent bowl game with a a real name, not just the South Louisiana, (laughs) you know, Corn Nuts Bowl, (laughs) you know. That one's that we just like. I've, some of those balls, do During both like, so weird. What is that called?
0: What company so is that? Crazy. What do they do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the how, who's
1: sponsoring this right now? It's nuts. It's nuts. I don't see how they don't get blown out. Yes. <laughs> I mean, unless unless Buffaloes are legitimately legit, Oregon should take this contest. But I, I'm not gonna lie. I'm more stoked for USC Colorado as. The Trojans fan. Again, I root for the Pac-12 as a whole, and if you had to narrow me down, I would say fight on. Didn't get to go to any other schools myself, <laughs> but that's always the one that I liked. So it's just going to be – this is going to definitely be the toughest task so far, and we're going to see how Dion takes it. We obviously have Coach Prime taking the Buffalo. Duh. He's not does. taking the spread, too. He's taking money line. Oh, so just so we're all aware. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's not, not betting. 21. Yeah. He's not allowed to do that. No, 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 no. <laughs> he's taking that. No. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Be... No, definitely not that. I mean, <laughs> I mean, figuratively. Figuratively. No. I, I, no. He's not betting on that. No. Don't put that out there. Don't put I didn't That's put what that I'm saying.
0: There. I said it right away. He's no, not you. betting thank on anything. We're just saying.
1: <laughs> another game, though, that we are looking forward to is another top 15 rank uh, SEC matchup. Ole Miss visiting Tuscaloosa.
0: This Ooh. one, actually, we
1: differ. We picked all the same ones up to this point. I thought it would be a good idea to pick which one we picked, and then as we went through them, we all picked the same freaking ones. So <laughs> graphics weren't as cool, but either way, we we found one that we – but this one's actually the over under 55 and a half, just like Notre Dame, Ohio State. This one, how do they even to the score points? I've seen – Alabama's quarterback I can't throw a ball
0: dude no which quarterback they played two last week I don't even know who they're playing a quarterback probably at this oh, point yeah, they're sure. trying to figure that out in the, on the fly which is not a good sign it's weird too because if you think about it like not only is this an SEC conference game so if you lose that you're dropping within your own division and not having an opportunity to possibly play in the conference title game but you're also losing t- like at home you could be looking at a possibility of dropping out of the top 20, which with a team coach by Nick Saban, I don't think I ever would have thought I'd heard that sentence uttered or thought about.
1: It's weird to see them at 13, bro. To be honest with you, since we've been like old enough and he's been back at Alabama or not back at back, He's been at Alabama. They've been, they've been top five. Almost all. The time. Yeah. The I was going to say six, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's just weird to even see them even this low. I, I picked them when they were hosting Texas and I got burned and I, I I'm probably gonna get burned again, but I'm somewhat of an Alabama fan. I was thinking about taking Ole Miss early, to be honest with you, just because I, to your point, I don't think that they have a quarterback which depending on which one you pick that yeah. can move the ball. And yep. as good as your defense can be, if the other defense doesn't even have to play, then it's going to be a long night. Yep. So, but I'm going to stick with them. I'm going to trust Nick Saban to figure out a way. Hopefully, he learns something. Again, they didn't get the break speed off him by Texas. They lost. No, easily. they lost. But they didn't. Yeah. They didn't get like blown out by like twenty
0: or thirty. But so I, th- I got to feel like that's part of the reason I am picking on this is because the fact that Texas went to Alabama and won. It's not like Alabama went to Texas and lost. They went it's into true. their house and beat them. So I feel like. Ole Miss is an SEC opponent, so they know each other. They play each other probably every year, so they have a comfortability against them. They've probably won in Tuscaloosa in the past. I'm sure they always lose one game randomly at home to an opponent, uh, with Texas being the case this year. But I feel like Ole Miss is going to go in there and their offense. I don't know much about Ole Miss, but like we talked about, Alabama's quarterback position is in question. So if they don't have like the most dominant defense like Georgia to counteract Maybe. having a quarterback in question. So if they come out and – don't play well early and Ole misses in it, then they're going to feel confident at halftime and come out and really think that they can go in there and beat them, which like, again, that just means Alabama could be out of the top 20.
1: There's seven point favorites going into the game, which is obviously a whole touchdown. So who knows they were favorited to go to beat Texas too. So that didn't really pan out that well either, but
0: true, but we'll see. We'll you got to think about Saturday. it too. If you look at the timeline of the way NIL deals have like come into play, in the last two and a half years or so since they started that. Alabama hasn't been the same in that time period. They've slowly kind of come back to the pack and are not, like we're talking about, not dominant as what they once were. So the fact that all the schools, or not necessarily schools, but businesses within the schools and the alumni associations and all that stuff, have the opportunity to, to pay these guys to go and choose which schools to go to, then it kind of opens it up and gives everybody more opportunity. And now that we're going down to less conferences – Ultimately, if they go down to just one big conference of everybody, then it's not going to matter where you go to play SEC or here or there. You're all going to be the same thing and you're all going to be able to make money wherever you play.
1: Yep. Even beyond the money, you're going to be able to play for, you know, for people who are actually trying to make it to the NFL, not just get rich off NIL. You know, you're going to want to play the best competition. Yep. And lately that's been the Big 10 and the and the SEC. That's why obviously people from the Big 12, Texas and Nebraska trying to yeah, Texas and no, yeah, Texas, and Nebraska? Yeah. No. Yeah, Texas and Nebraska trying to move over. No, Texas and Oklahoma. CN is oh. <laughs> Texas and Oklahoma moving over to the SEC. USC, UCLA obviously moving over to the Big Ten, a handful of other teams. So they're trying to get into those places. One, where there's money, TV deals. But also for that competition, so it's gonna be it's gonna be intense. It just maybe does not show you how much Alabama was freaking tossing cash under the table, or what, man?
0: I mean, that's what I'm thinking, right? Because now everybody's <laughs> able to pay, and they for probably doing and it when they are. weren't supposed to, and now that everybody can, everybody, it's a little more open and playing field. It's kind of nice. Which reminds me, give Reggie
1: his Heisman back.
0: Yeah, for real. God, there's posters all over LA County and SoCal that say. Give his Heisman back. Like It's actually like a whole movement. It's awesome. The
1: Heisman needs to definitely be given because
0: he deserves it. I know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. What? SC is going to win the college football playoff, and after they win, within two weeks, they're going to announce that Reggie Bush is getting his Heisman back. And then the week after that, they're going to say, oh, yeah, the Pac-12 is dead and we're moving on and we're not talking about it anymore because at that point, college football will be over and nobody will be talking about college sports. Like college basketball is not the same driven and SC is not a part of that conversation whatsoever most years. So basically once the football season's over, if they win everything and give them the Heisman and then they're out of the Pac-12, it's just going to be the sour taste of like. The, I don't know, just getting that really good news for multiple weeks in a row and then having that at the end would be the worst, just the way it all goes down and fire.
1: Well, you heard it here first, <laughs> September 22nd. You heard it. That'd be crazy. I'm just saying. Happens. Think about how – I'm things... rooting for it. I want SC to win. Reggie deserves that back, so I'm rooting for all that to happen, man.
0: Yeah, and again – in the best year that the PAC 12 has ever had in its existence. We're talking about, we talked about all these teams playing this weekend of matched opponents in the top 25. Okay. There's eight teams in the PAC 12 in the top 25 this year at this point with five of them in the top 15. Like this is the best conference, like their year they've ever had as a conference.
1: Mm -hmm. It might be the best conference in football. There's teams that are ranked higher. And of course, everyone will of course say the sec and the big 10 are better. But as far as teams ranked and teams ranked this high, it's it's just the Pac-12. So pretty, pretty good props to them, which is why it's so freaking irritating that Mm -hmm. this is the last freaking year. Yeah. All of a sudden, they're starting to be awesome. Now they're going to go away. Yep. It's so dumb.
0: Totally screwed it up from the get go, especially with the TV deal, the Pac-12 network and not being able to figure that out. And now not. Being able to take advantage of having Colorado and Dion because this is one year and he's out, and then he's going to go to the next conference, and they're going to just build on it and continue to just rake off it, and and he's going to hopefully build that program up continuously, especially if his son comes back next year and doesn't forego his uh, eligibility to go to the draft. So it's it's just awesome that it's as a Pac-12 fan right now, it's great, but in a couple months, it's all going to be really sad when it's over.
1: Don't cry because it's over. <laughs> Smile because it happened, Corey. <laughs> That's the saying, right? Yeah, I
0: believe that is the saying. You know what? Smiling is a good thing. You're right. And because of that, we're going to move on to some really cool things that we want to talk about, at least with the baseball records that have been broken this year, Um, just like season records, at least for individuals, not necessarily team records. So I don't know. Which one do you want to start first with?
1: I'd like to give some applause to people who have done things that have never been done before. We're going to highlight three of them right now actually all of them in the national league, believe it or yeah, not. Yeah, that's weird. But there's a solid there's a solid people. So we want to give some shout outs. Let's check out what things have been done for the first time ever this year in Major League Baseball. We'll start with the hometown kid, and when I say hometown I mean where we're from, unfortunately, Corey. Not our favorite team. Yeah. <laughs> Freddie Freeman becomes the first player in Major League Baseball history to have 25 home runs, 55 doubles, and 20 stolen bases in the same season. Wow. Dodgers are rolling, man. Top of the – well, not top, top of the NL, but second second place in the National League and widening the gap. We're winning, right? And we're still 13 <laughs> back from them in the division, so –
0: yeah, struggle. props to him,
1: props to Mookie. I know Mookie's doing good things, so pretty cool, though. Pretty cool. Good. For absolutely. Dod- I mean, not good for the Dodgers, but good for Freddie.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And not only that, tonight he got his 200th hit, too, and it's the most he's had in a season, I believe, in his career. So he's just adding on to first for him. And, yeah, unfortunately the Dodgers are rolling, but it's also not October yet, so I'm not going to be worried about it until October. True.
1: It's close, but true.
0: Yeah, plus pitching's a problem. We'll see how that goes. Yes. <laughs>
1: the second one. We're gonna go now back to the hometown of our favorite team.
0: There we you go. You wanna you
1: wanna you wanna throw out the Diamondbacks one?
0: Heck yeah! So Corbin Carroll, who has just been great in the year and a half or two years he's been up with them. Uh, I got a chance to see them play in Milwaukee on that trip with my dad back in June, and to see him play live, and man, he is he is just a great player. Uh, first rookie to ever have 25 home runs and 50 stolen bases in the same season. Now he is one of I think 13 people to do it ever, and one of three under the age of 23, but he is the first rookie to ever do it. So at this point, especially if the Dimebacks end up making a wild card spot, I would think he's got Rookie of the Year locked up for the NL.
1: I hope so. And I like the way that the trajectory is for the Dimebacks. I hope we can – we talked about this yesterday. I was saying I hope we can really retain this talent, and you told me lucky because guess what? Already did. <laughs> and I was stoked. He said, well, what did he We got like an eight-year deal or something?
0: Yeah, like seven or eight for like 111, which is not astronomical for baseball considering some of these 10-year deals you see with 300. But I think yeah. part of it is is the thinking is kind of like Atlanta where you have these young guys that are really good and you get them up early. And instead of how old-school baseball ownership when GMs would do it where they drag out your rookie service time and all your arbitration years and everything until they absolutely have to pay you, and then it becomes, a I want $300 million, and then they don't want to pay that, and they let you go. The The Braves kind of started this where they get them up young, they get really good, and then they sign them right away. They're like, you know what? Instead of waiting four more years of all this arbitration stuff, let's just give you an eight-year deal now. So really, you're only giving them a four-year extension because you already had them in your mind and in your books for the next four years already. So I think that's what they're doing now. They got Carroll signed. When Kentel Marte was traded to us from the mayor, I think within that first year and a half, boom there was like his extension and it wasn't crazy astronomical numbers because he was so young coming from a smaller contract that the great the the rise up was good enough to take in the moment
1: yeah i like that i think it's i think it's smart
0: mm-hmm.
1: two things i mean one one is but what are the i mean what do the Braves know what have they done lately besides win a world series and become the best team in the national league oh exactly. yeah they're kicking ass maybe we should take some notes okay i like absolutely. that absolutely <clears throat> i think that's good the uh Which, next one though actually talking about the yeah, braids <laughs> exactly. this dude is nuts
0: ronald acuna jr my lord okay first of all he, this is a couple different things in one almost at this point
1: yeah he's done a couple things already and we can't even keep up we're literally right before this started we're trying to figure out <laughs> what to put on here because where's the at? i don't yeah. know he's like so close to this but should he do that Yeah. So
0: as of this moment that we're recording this on Friday night, he has the first player in MLB history to have 30 home runs and 60 stolen bases in the same home season. Now he also, but he did that when, uh, like a couple weeks ago when he was here in LA playing against the Dodgers. As of tonight, he hit his 40th home run. So I would assume, obviously, he's the first 40, 60. And yes. he's only three stolen bases away from 70, so he could be the first ever 40-70. It's just getting out of control with these numbers. And he's batting over dude, 300 on top of it.
1: Just throw the MVP at him. Right? My gosh, this dude's insane. He's going to catch it. He's going to knock it out of the park, one of the two. Dude's crazy. And I, I love it. I actually love it. So I think it's awesome.
0: Heck yeah, dude. And, and the Braves are such a fun team to watch. Okay, I'm going to say this, but let me explain what I mean when I say this. In 2017, when we didn't know about trash cans and the Astros doing what they were doing in that season, in the moment of 2017, as a baseball fan, it was a lot of fun to watch those Astros teams. Because of them cheating and hitting all those crazy home runs late in games and scoring big and that stadium exploding, it was a lot of fun to watch them because they had a lot of personalities and they were winning and it was fun. I have that same feeling from the Atlanta Braves right now but they're not cheating. I know that's yeah. not happening because it's too hard to do it nowadays compared to back in twenty seventeen. Exactly, yeah. but they have that vibe of like they're having fun. They're all doing really well. I mean, Olson and Acuna both are in the MVP candidacy, and they're on the same team. I mean, it's the same so case. With, and, I was going to say so same case in LA Mookie, with Freddie but. and Mookie for sure. Those four are the only four we're talking about. There's nobody else in the NL MVP and of course, discussion. And same freaking teams! Of I know it's crazy. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. How that all works out. So. Acuna can be the first to do a lot of things that we've never seen done before. And hopefully this time when they get to the playoffs and they can hopefully ultimately win a world series, Acuna can be a part of it. Cause last time he got hurt before the playoffs or right at the beginning and didn't actually get to contribute for the run.
1: If I had to put like an order to it, I would say diamondbacks is who I'm rooting for first. Uh, then I would probably put the Braves close, close in second. Maybe I would look at a uh, American league team, but other than that, like, I like the Braves too. Right? I kinda see your point. I think they have some cool personalities, even with Ozzy Albies. Mm-hmm. So I think they I think they uh I think they're pretty cool. Yeah. I like watching them.
0: Plus my brother in law is a fan, so it helps to have it in the family.
1: <laughs> I guess that's I guess that's all right. That that that's pretty cool too.
0: <clears throat>
1: we wanted to kind of talk a little bit though, as baseball season is wrapping up. I know there were a lot of rule changes and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but I saw a post that I thought was pretty interesting. Uh it was posted and I'll tell you the specific day because I think it means something it's posted on August 27th. Not that date that means anything, but I'm trying to give context as to, as to why. It seems just kind of fitting to discuss as we wrap up the season because of all the rule changes. The post read this. On August 25th, there were 4,319 pitches thrown across the major leagues. For the first time on a day with a full slate of games, which means 15 games, You know, all teams are playing, all mm-hmm. 30, there were zero pitch clock violations. So they're getting it they're getting it attendance is up 9.2 percent game time is down 25 minutes to an average time of about two and a half to two hours and 39 minutes it seems like these rules as simple as they may seem in nature are working right
0: heck yeah more of it i love it okay last year when they announced they were going to do this or two years ago when it was down the pipeline or whatever initially i was kind of eh but then the more i I kind of read about it and thought about it i was like you know what I'm a diehard baseball fan, regardless. I just love the sport uh I think part of it is growing up that was the first sport I played like with teams and like learning the concepts and ways of doing it and strategy, so I'm like really into it, even though I'm not good at it myself. um, but I just really love the game, so I feel like my pure heart of loving it it's it, the game was fine, but in this day and age, nobody wants to watch baseball for three and a half hours, most people. And the game was so slow with the guy. I mean, there's videos when this thing first started being the season of a guy from last year could take almost two outs in a cha- and if possibly the third out could be done before he throws like three pitches. Like it gets through one batter. It was just out of control. So I understand why they did it to help the game. Obviously it's helped you the numbers you just gave us reflect the positivity out of it. So in the long run, I think it worked. I think they Theo Epstein and them at the top trying to figure out how to make the game better for this generation. Genius, bro is doing the right thing. Now, I know there's been talk about, like, possibly the pitchers having more injuries. I think I heard today something about, like, 40 to 45% more elbow-shoulder injuries for pitchers this season. Because they're quicker? Because they're quicker, but I think also if some of the people complaining about they're like, Max Scherzer, well, dude, you're 37 or 38. You also (laughs) are pitching 20 years into this. Like, a lot of the younger guys who have gone through the minors the last couple years and played with this pitch clock aren't probably having as many issues as the older guys. You know what I mean? Because I feel like they've had time to kind of learn with it. And a lot of these older guys are down on the fly in one year.
1: It's not even just the pitch clock. I do agree that that's a big piece because time is the most important asset we have as humans. So not spending three hours of it sitting, watching a ball get thrown back and forth between two people. I can see (laughs) as valuable, but also I think like even the defensive shift limitations, right? So people are actually getting base hits instead of one, nothing games. We're actually seeing like 11 to 10 games, like some softball scores. Mm -hmm. So, I think that's pretty interesting. But I want to make a note real quick on something that you said, Theo Epstein. This man needs to be remembered in baseball history.
0: I agree. It's preaching. It. Tell us why. Broke the curse.
1: Broke the curse in Boston yep. for the Red Sox, broke the curse in Chicago for the Cubs, and then reinvented the game to make it more interesting in a, in this new generation basically. Like two storied franchises. Yep. And then and then just fixing the game as a whole. He needs to be remembered He'll, for things like that. So. He
0: will be in the MLB Hall of Fame as a contributor, no doubt. I don't have GM any hesitation. Sure well, just as a contributor, GM, whatever, in oh, any what say, facet though? of any kind because he's not playing yeah. on the oh, field. Oh, I see what you're saying. What so you're like saying. any facet that you could say that he helped, he should be in there for. I completely agree. The fact that... Not only did he do what he did for baseball as a whole, but like you said, taking the Cubs and the Red Sox out of those eighty-five plus year and a hundred streaks, plus year, yeah, yeah, just out of control stuff. Like those fans will always remember him. Like I wouldn't be shocked how many Red Sox and Cub fans, at least after they won the first one in Boston, because they won so many after, have kids right, named yeah. Theo that are about twenty to thirty years old right now.
1: <laughs> I, can I can see that because because. That it's such a long, the curse of the great Bambino. Yeah. It's so old. The guy's been dead. I mean, all of his pictures in black and white, <laughs> Right. Like, I want, you know what I'm saying? And then the Billy goat curse, that was at a time where it was okay to bring a goat to a baseball, like that's how old that was. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. I partially take credit. I did visit Chicago. I ate at the Billy Goat Tavern, the course. original Billy Goat Tavern, and then they won. So, you know, I helped break Ooh, some, too. But right. we'll give Theo most of the credit for, you know, making a team.
0: Yeah, he got it, man. But, yeah, I agree with you more than ever on this. He has to be in the Hall of Fame and be remembered for all the differences that he's made to the, for the sport in the best way possible.
1: Yeah, dope. Shout out to you, Theo. We see you. Do you Not say, everything that uh, happens behind the scenes goes unnoticed.
0: Yeah, which... Behind the scenes is a great way for us to transition to the next thing I want to talk about. I know we don't both know as much about this sport as we do the others. I know, yeah, I'm going to have to catch up to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, I know a little more because obviously I work in the sport of hockey. But I just wanted the season's getting started. All the teams had media day over the over this past week. So I just want to talk about and reach a couple points about some things to look out for this upcoming season. The first one being is will Vegas repeat as Stanley Cup champs? Uh, it has been done four times Oh, I'm sorry. Five times, four, yeah, four repeat champs since 1991. Yeah, Two of them were the Penguins, uh, but the Lightning did it in 20 and 21. Obviously, one of those was the COVID like uh, bubble that they did in the in Toronto. But still, I feel like it's so hard that to counts. repeat in general. Like it, and the other one was the Penguins with Crosby, which that's your boy. You know, that's not. That's easy for him to do that kind of stuff, <laughs> yes. er. But I feel like, I mean, they have a chance, right? They brought back nearly the same entire roster. They brought back their goalie Aiden Hill, who's the one who ultimately got him to the to the cup, and then Ivan Barbashev as well, which is huge for them. The only thing they really lost is Riley O'Smith, but they had to trade him. But that's more because of cap casualty. The NHL salary cap is like eighty five, and you cannot be over it a dollar. So you got to make cuts where you got to make cuts. But they also take advantage and use that long term IR where. If a guy's hurt in the regular season and his money is really high, it doesn't count against the cap. And then when the playoffs start, there is no cap, which is weird. Nice. So you can just okay. play whoever you have in your system at that point. I don't know. It's a bizarre yeah. twist that hockey has. Um, but they're also ranked six at FanDuel to win and repeat at 13-1. to So I know you're not a huge follower, but do you think we can see a repeat champion?
1: Well, they were talented. I mean, I watched I – watched hockey-ish, and then I definitely watch the Stanley Cup oh, playoffs. dude, yeah, the so, best playoffs. So I, I saw them. I mean, they were actually on the brink, I believe, from being eliminated, or I'm remembering, or they put people on the brink of elimination. But I could have <laughs> swore that they were on the brink, and they came back and then just basically stormed back and took everything. So I think, I think they have a chance. Real quick, to, to touch on the lightning, as much as we want to say, that's kind of what I wish the Lakers could have done, as much as you want to say the COVID bubble, I, th- I think the follow-up championship for the lightning specifically, because nobody yeah. else really did that kind of excuses that because it's like, yeah, but then we just did it again. Yeah. So like we probably would, you know, I'm not, not saying anything. Not happened, only that
0: to make your point even more fact, after they won it back to back, they went back to the finals a third straight again. year and then yep. lost. So again, Barely they, two. yeah,
1: <laughs> I think it went six or seven, six so. games.
0: I believe. Yeah six yeah Yeah. but colorado was so good
1: true and then they kind of not withered into nothing but they didn't do much last year either
0: dude i'm telling you man it's hard to repeat in hockey because you like it's funny when you play in when you watch the playoffs and you see a guy like get injured in a series but he still keeps playing because hockey players are insane and will play through anything crazy yeah um you'll find out after the series is over like the florida panthers they lost that series in the final last year it comes out after kachuk broke his collarbone but somehow couldn't get himself dressed his brother was helping him get dressed but he was still playing in the games what are we what are you doing out there at that point and then guys will have you know Gladiators. broken even, even it even comes out that some guys have torn acls they play through like hockey players are another level man those are the most gladiator guys in any sport
1: sorry nick chubb get up <laughs> Get up. Well,
0: maybe, maybe not. Nick Chubb. He's okay. Nick Chubb's okay. He can say that. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm just
1: saying. You said they're playing through ACL tears. I'm just saying. Nick Chubb, get up. He uh, yeah, had a little
0: more than that, but but another thing I wanted to tap on at least because it's kind of a strange story, and we kind of talked about it yesterday. I kind of I think I blew your mind with a little bit of the story. Um, the yeah, Blue Jackets hired weird. Yeah, the Blue Jackets hired like, uh, Mike Babcock this season to take over. He won a Stanley Cup. With the Red Wings. uh, He was a coach for the Ducks and actually took them to the Stanley Cup final back the first time in 2003 when they lost. Um, But he was hired to take over the Blue Jackets. And before the season started, you know, he's been there two months. He had like a team meeting and wanted to do kind of like a bonding session and get to know everybody. He asked for a couple, he asked some players for their phones, I guess, and wanted to go like open it, give me the photos. And a couple of the older players didn't seem to think much of it. And, um, it was not as big a deal, I guess, but there were some other players on the younger side of the generation that complained that it was an invasion of privacy and that they shouldn't be having to which we talked about this. All you could have done is say, let let me send you a photo of my family if that's what you're looking for. Let me know what kind of photo you're looking for. Don't just go through my phone. But it became right. a much bigger thing. The NHLPA got involved because of the player complaints to the league or to the association. So At that point, it's just more of a distraction, and there's no way if you have players in the locker room that don't trust you that you can continue to coach the team. So Babcock, after two months of being the head coach officially for the Blue Jackets, has stepped down. So nice, weird, odd start to a season, having a new coach take over before you even really get started.
1: I don't mean, I'm not that old, but come on, bro. This freaking new generation that we're bringing up, they're just so soft. I'm not saying physically soft, I'm not saying they're can beat me up or what i'm not saying (laughs) that right but i just feel like they're so why are they going to tell the players associate the guy's not making racist comments he's not threatening them with violence what is so wrong again he's a little bit of an older cat so he asked it in the wrong way be an adult go up or maybe tell another teammate that you guys should all maybe tell an older teammate of that And just say, like, dude, like, if you, we'll down to give you pictures, but we'll send you pictures of whatever you need to help us, like, learn each other's families and kind of get closer and stuff like that. I get that. But I'm just going to hand over my open phone and let you scroll through whatever. I get their side. What I don't get is them going to the NFL Players Association complaining about it. I feel like you could just be a man and just chill out and then just go talk to the coach about it. Or again, like I said, talk to a vet player for him to bring it up or something yeah. if you feel like that's better. but Or worst case, if so anything,
0: weird. go to the owner or somebody in management, and then that keep way – it in. Yeah, keep it, it in the house, and the that Players way – I mean, it's not – like you said, it wasn't like he made any derogatory comments or anything like that. He no. didn't like – steal the phone away from you and and like make you open it up it was probably more of like hey give me your phone let's open it up give me so i can see some photos and if he's just trying to look for family like you said to connect with everybody and everybody to bond and become better of a team then i don't see the big deal but again once you lose the trust of the locker room and there's not everybody's on the same page from this before you even start camp at that point it's more of a distraction you have to walk away i think it's the best thing unfortunately at this point for the to go down
1: Dude, kids these days, if they're not looking at the same Instagram page, they're not on the same page, okay? <laughs> all they do is they sit in the locker room probably and just sit on the front. I don't know. I'm not in there probably. But no, well, like, oh, if I'm Matt Stafford's
0: good. wife said it, that's kind of what it looks right? like, right, in NFL locker that's rooms. I can't true. imagine true. NHL locker rooms are much different.
1: They're all kids. They're all they're all doing the same general thing just because yeah. they play a different sport, right? doesn't make it any different. Yeah, very strange. Yeah, that's a weird one. Yeah, strange as well. But I think they should just... Let it go. Yeah. Well, but they, uh, I, understand he is, the, I understand them separating. Yeah.
0: He has decided to just make it a easy way to get out. So Pascal Vincent, who's been on the coaching staff the last year or two is going to be his replacement. Um, and signs a two year contract to take over. Um, there is a small advantage, at least having him there. He does know them already. He's been there for the last two years. So even though Babcock was a better coach as far as resume, he was coming in. It was his first season with them. Maybe him going, having been there the previous two years and seeing what other coaches were, the other coach was doing, he has a better idea of what maybe they can do differently. And maybe in the long run, it'll be a good thing for the Blue Jackets. We shall see. Which I know my brother in law will like because they live in Columbus and he likes to go to games occasionally. So the better they are, the more he gets to enjoy some good hockey.
1: <laughs> Woo! Go so, Blue Jackets.
0: Which we talked about uh, rivalries earlier and big games during the weekend stuff. But I think the biggest news in hockey to talk about is Connor Bedard. He was the number one pick for Chicago. Uh, should have been uh-huh. a duck. We don't need to talk about that. Uh-huh. Um, but his first game. No, that's not rigged. Right? Jeez, it's not like bro, 1984 on. Knicks. Ah, so, <sighs> so terrible. Um, but the the great thing is is his first official game to start the season on opening night, I believe, is going to be against Pittsburgh and Sidney Crosby. So you have the young, up-and-coming face of the league Let's go pens, baby! the face of the league for the last 15 to 20 years. That's what I need. I need a Sidney Crosby. Oh, right there we go. Okay, we will work on that. Okay. Sorry to cut you no, off. No, no, that's okay. That's a good thing. Um, But the crazy thing to me, I think, with it is – I mean, I guess you didn't know he was going to be on Chicago when you made the schedule or whatever, but yeah, no. you could have had – you could have had Bedard open up right. at home, but his first like five or six games are on the road. They go to Pittsburgh, at Boston, Montreal, Toronto, and Colorado before they finally get to go home and play against Vegas, who is the defending champ, as we talked about earlier. So, I just feel like it's that weird that crazy. they didn't plan that a five little better. Five
1: game road trip to uh, start the season. Yeah, it's a lot. That's weird in any sport, to be honest with you. Yeah, right. I feel like two, maybe I feel like three. Two? Right. Okay. <laughs> exactly because <laughs> then you gotta get you should you deserve to have your home fans have a within the first week of hockey they don't get to watch their team at home like, yeah come on dude yeah i can understand games because you gotta you know get people other people have to have home games too obviously yeah for but sure Dang, you gotta wait a whole week's worth of games plus to because they're not playing daily right five games is so, a week and a half right yeah Maybe probably two weeks worth of games. yeah
0: five probably 10 or 11 days what the heck yeah i don't know it's crazy i just thought it was weird but also, they did plan it really well. They're playing against Pittsburgh and Montreal and Toronto, who are original six. So that's and Boston. Oh, I mean Boston, Montreal, and Toronto. That's who I meant. Who are original six. So that's huge right there. And I think Boston's actually celebrating their centennial year this year, which is just
1: they're also celebrating Ooh. getting their ass beat at the last second when they should have won last year.
0: <laughs> yeah, they are probably beating themselves up about that, especially the way Florida ended in that Eastern or that Stanley Cup final against Vegas. But yeah,
1: man, they got rolled, dude.
0: Yeah, it wasn't good. No um, I was rooting for them. But... Speaking of roll, I hope that Bedard and uh, Chicago at least. Can have some offense because I don't know if they have much defense there because they were 31st last year out of the league, which the Ducks were 32. Um, But the fact that they brought in Taylor Hall and Corey Perry, who are both former Hart Trophy winners or MVPs, and you brought in Nick Feligno, which are all over 30. Hall's 31, Perry's 38, Feligno's 35. But you got this veteran experience. I mean, Bedard is 18 technically now, and he's a kid, so he's going to be small. Hey, Corey Perry's got that ring too, though. He's got one ring, and he's got four finals appearances. Get this. Corey Perry... The two years the Tampa Bay Lightning won back to back, he was on the other yeah. team both times. So oh, then, then the following year he joins the Lightning. They go to the final and they lose. So he had right. th- three more opportunities for rings, and unfortunately, did I not feel get
1: like it. I'm not gonna lie, dude. I feel like he was also on what team was he on last year? Because I think they went far.
0: He was on so... Tampa again last year as well. So they made it to the. Eastern that's what Conference I thought. I Finals. was like, didn't
1: yeah. he go? Dude, he yeah. can't catch a freaking break.
0: I dude. know. So now he's going to Chicago where they're rebuilding, but I think it's more of a veteran leadership role along with, uh, Feligno. and Taylor Hall won the MVP. Just, I think in the last, I think it was five years ago in New Jersey or so when he won it. And, if Bedard can do his thing and pass, like I've seen all these highlights and they've talked about him having that kind of game, then having these guys around him, especially Taylor Hall on one side to pass to and get a a one time, he's still from, young, thirty one's not yeah, two. not at all. And if Hall can have that guy feeding him like like I expect him to, they're gonna their offense is not going to be a problem. It'll just be more of a defensive thing. But I mean, Bedard is the future of the league. He's the new Connor McDavid at this point. Like he's going to be the future. Hey, Conor McDavid's still here? Yeah, I know, but yeah. i Bedard is the next coming Didn't of age a hockey player. So
1: isn't he on Vegas?
0: No, that's uh Jack no. Eichel that you're thinking of. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like yeah. David's still stars in Edmonton, which this could be their last shot depending on how this team looks at the end of the year, which is kind of crazy.
1: Corey Perry's a Hall of Famer, right?
0: Oh I you MVP, know I, Cup he's a gold winner with the Canadian team for Olympics. So yeah, he probably is. He probably okay, is. That cool. sucks too because there's rumors that Getzloff's kinda eh. So it would suck for one to get in and not the other because they're just so.
1: Damn, Getzlov's on the borderline. I feel yeah. like, well, maybe he's a Ducks great, huh?
0: Yeah, he's a Ducks great for sure. But there's talk of his like his uh, Hall of Fame re- uh, resume may not. It's 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 a fifty fifty chance he gets in when he when he gets an opportunity. So I hope he does because if he does, that means we get to retire his number up there with Solani and Niedermeyer and Korea, which would be great. So and then Perry he's obviously big... would be with him. So.
1: True, true. It's a big number for the Ducks, actually. This year, it's
0: 30. 30th season. Dude, I'm so excited. We've been talking about this at work for like a year and a half and planning all these things. You're going to be busy. Oh, I'm going to be busy. Get ready. Oh, it's going to be nuts. But I'm excited. I think even though we were terrible last year in the standings, there's a new coach coming in. Um, they brought in uh, defenseman Radko Gudas, who was on Florida last year and played in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, they brought in two-time Stanley Cup Alex Kalorn from the Tampa Bay Lightning, as we talked about earlier. Uh, Gudas actually played in Tampa Bay, I think, about a decade ago with Kalorn when they were younger. So they already know each other, which is good. Uh, but them bringing their experience and veteran stuff into our locker room, which is very young. Uh, it's it's good and upcoming, but it's very young and needs a, a few things, especially the defensive side the last couple years has been a struggle and because of that, Gibson has also had to play, you know, where he's have to have 55 saves if we're going to have an opportunity to win that game. And that's just not fair to him with how good he is. So I think that veteran leadership they brought in is really good. Uh, if Adam Henry can be healthy this year, like he was a year and a half ago, he kind of had like, kind of like a resurgence on the offensive side of the puck, which Terry's there. If they get Zegers and Drysdale's uh, contract situation taken care of, but they're restricted. Um, But then McTavish is in there. There's a lot of opportunity for this offense to flourish if they can really take advantage of what they have. Um, I think the new coach, Greg Cronin, is just, I'm super excited. I watched this press conference, and I could not, it's one of those like we talked about the Dion things. You hear him talk, or you're like, okay, I could go play for him. Like, let's go do this right now. Oh, and yeah. I, He's I, like I kind of got that vibe. Huh? Got the Boston accent. Kind of reminds me of my grandpa, oh, which hey. I have a tie to. I always love that accent and his his um, hockey accent. Yeah, his his tone is very like business. Like, we're here to win. I'm here to develop the young guys so we can get better and then win. Like, it's all about just very competing. almost robotic and i'm like that's what you need you need somebody even keel to get these guys and those older veterans to get the younger guys uh Zgris and drysdale and all those guys ready for the long haul and i don't know maybe not this year we could make the playoffs but we could flirt with it for a while but it would be great to make it back in it's been a long time since we've made it let's be over 500 well, yeah, that's a good start. Let's I not. I mean, be, I know that's not. Let's thing not be thirty second out of, 32, out of thirty two out of thirty two Knicks this year. Let that's. Yeah. Let's get yeah. in the top twenty five at least. Would well, be. Well, we should imprint. have had Bedard. Honestly, that should have been our reward. You know what the worst put. part is? The other one that we got screwed back in the day with drafts is when Sidney Crosby went number one. We picked number two, and we got Bobby Ryan. And Bobby Ryan was good when we had him. He's okay. Uh, he was okay when he went to Ottawa. I know he had his issues off the off the ice, but he was able to come back from that and actually get back into hockey for one last little run. But, but we could have had Sidney Crosby, and now we could have had Bedard. Like, oh we Ducks missed out, man. No, they just they
1: just don't want it to be here. That's all it is.
0: I guess so, man. I guess so.
1: But that's history.
0: Yes. Yes. Just it like is. this episode, <laughs> it has officially come to an end.
1: Yeah, we have one more segment. Of course, one of my favorite segments. Let's keep it historical. This Week in Sports History. This Week in Sports History. This Week in Sports History. In sports history. Keeping it with two.
0: Always. We have
1: September 17th and September 20th. September 17th, 2004, San Francisco's Barry Bonds hits his 700th home run, joining Babe Ruth and Hank Aaron with 714 and 755, respectively, as the only players to ever reach the 700 milestone. Pretty cool.
0: Yeah, if you're a big Bonds fan. I'm not I just the Bonds thing, man. I can't. He was just so adamant about not doing anything and not cheating. But it's like, bro, you don't get that big and your head size doesn't go from here to this. Like, it's just it's just so in front of our face. And then once he retired, he stopped taking. You could tell he melted back down to like a normal size. So what were you doing? Stop lying about it and just admit it. I would have more respect if you would just admit the damn thing and then maybe you could go on the Hall of Fame. But until you admit and stop being a jerk about it, no one's going to vote you in there. Like, you weren't very nice sure. to people either. You and I talked Thank about you. it. Bonds, you were like, oh, maybe he wasn't good in Pittsburgh. No, he was great in Pittsburgh when he was younger. He actually was probably better, especially because he could run, and he wasn't a big, huge guy. He was stealing bases, making diving, catching. I mean, he was great. Yeah, he was a fantastic player. And then when he got to Frisco, obviously all the offensive stuff has been great on the numbers-wise, but what do we know what's real or not? I, just, it's, I don't know. Well, it just frustrates me. Again, we talked about it. I'm a huge baseball fan, so it bugs me.
1: Until the baseball confirms, we can say nothing. But, I mean, we can have our opinion. That's yeah, not of me. course. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> There's no definitive thing, unfortunately.
0: Nope. No, it is not.
1: More record-breaking stuff, though. Switching over pigskin. September 20th, taking it back a little bit, 1987. Before we were even born, my friend, and we yep. are fairly old. <laughs> Chicago's Walter Payton breaks Jim Brown's NFL record with his 107th rushing touchdown. As the Bears beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 20-3. to
0: and, you watched that game, right? Oh yeah, for sure. I think <laughs> now, <laughs> um, but you know Walter Payton, man, sweetness. Uh, all the highlights and videos we saw of him was just, I don't know, gliding through the air. A lot of those jumping over the offensive line for the Bears back in the day, and when they won that Super Bowl yeah. with the eighty five defense. Um yeah. I just, I just remember hearing good things and remembering good things. Obviously, they've named the uh, Man of the Year award know, after year Walter after Payton. I so, um, I don't know. It's just. It's crazy that Obviously he. a stand up guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was a good guy. It just sucks that he was, went so young because I believe cancer, if yeah. I remember correctly, he went so young.
1: I don't remember what, but un- yes, I do remember it was young. Yeah, it's, it's just crazy.
0: Sucks. But hey, man, he was able to do his thing and break the record at that time. And the fact that he broke Jim Brown's record, that's huge because Jim Brown is talked about as one of, if not the best football players of all time.
1: Right? Yeah, true.
0: Well, true. now that we finished our episode, uh, What's uh What's on your weekend plans, man?
1: Football. <laughs> That's all we do. We got some bets. I have another one. I don't want to talk about it.
0: Yeah, don't jinx it.
1: Because I don't want to say nothing. <laughs> but we'll see how that goes. Besides, obviously, right, I got five on it bet. Other than that, just relaxing, Dad's birthday's on Sunday, so I'm gonna go out to dinner, I think, tomorrow, and then brunch again on Sunday. Uh, oh, actually, no. Uh, wifey and I are going to Horror Nights on Sunday. Oh, so
0: nice. about that. Huh. What
1: are you doing this weekend?
0: Oh, working a lot. I'm working uh, Alice Cooper Rob Zombie concert mods, actually, my settlement, Ooh. so I gotta be there at 10.30. I think I'm gonna be, hopefully, out of there before 2 a.m., cross our fingers. Um, but yeah, it's going to be super busy. Uh, so, and then actually on Sunday we have our first preseason game, uh, only the store, no stands and stuff. So pretty easy, but still it'd be nice to have hockey being played again and hearing the puck and the stick out on the ice while we're in the store and working and wearing a jacket indoors. Cause it's freezing and cold again. It's, it's just, it's hockey, man. It's almost October. I'm excited.
1: October is the best time of year besides March. Also, those are the two best months I feel like in uh, sports. So, but October's a little bit better because everything, in my opinion, up. yeah, baseball playoffs. Baseball pl- playoffs is the best time of baseball, and I don't mind regular season basketball and football. So hockey starting too So always right, fun yeah. to watch. Definitely the best time. Definitely best time. Heck yeah! But well, anyways, hang, thanks for hanging out with us and seeing things from our view from the bench. I'm Brendan
0: and I'm Corey. Like we always say, enjoy the sports until we talk again.
1: Peace. This was a Sycamore 4th Studios production.